welcome to the third installment of the Around the Hornet podcast, revived by the current staff of the Hornet newspaper, Fullerton College's independent news outlet. My name is Jake Rhodes, and I'm the sports desk editor at the Hornet, and I will be your host. Contributors you will hear from in this episode are Quinn Cisneros. What's good, Quinn? Hello. Pedro Saravia. Hey, Pedro. Hey, how you doing? And the editor-in-chief of the Hornet, Gerardo Chigoya. Say hey, boss man. Yay, yay. And last but not least, let's show some love to our producer on the ones and twos, Sarah Leone, the managing editor of the Hornet, and Jessica Langlois, our advisor and professor here at Fullerton College. On this episode, we will be discussing four topics. The Lakers are playoff bound. No, this is not a flashback to 2020. We're back, baby. Our crew will be all over the NBA playoffs. We then have to talk about UFC 287 out in Miami this past weekend and the craziness of the last two fights on the card. We'll then get into UEFA Champions League play as well as CONCACAF Champions League. And for our debate topic, this is our first time getting to a heavy subject, Title IX. We want to inform the audience on what the phrase we hear so often actually is about, and the fellows will discuss where things currently stand in regards to equality in the sports realm. So much to get to, so little time, and that's what makes Around the Hornet so special. Starting on the hardwood, the Lakers just can't let things be easy, can they? Even though Charles Barkley said the Lakers didn't deserve to win that game, guess what? They did. The Lakers pulled off a major comeback on the backs of solid defense down the stretch, winning the game in OT, 108-102. Dennis Schroeder played out of his mind while being injured, scoring 21 points off the bench and hitting what seemed to be the game-winning three with 1.4 seconds left. We can get into that in a little bit. LeBron had 30 points and 10 boards, while AD added 24, 15, and three blocks. My first question goes to Quinn. How close were you going to cardiac arrest watching that game last night? I was pretty close, man. I was pretty close, to be honest with you. Um, I was on my feet that whole fourth quarter. I did not sit down. Um, it was just it was back and forth. The Lakers' defense stepped up big time in those final minutes, which allowed them to come back. Um, outside of LeBron and AD, the, the team didn't show up uh, those first three quarters. I thought LeBron was a little he, – he wasn't aggressive at all. Uh, to be honest, in the fourth quarter. Barely even touched the ball. He hit a game-tying three. Uh, but outside of that, I thought he could have been he could have been more aggressive and we would have finished this thing in the fourth quarter. But it was a great game. They, they definitely messed up on a lot of things. Uh, and they definitely need to clean up their play if they want to beat Memphis. And then referring also to last night's game, uh, D'Lo didn't play well last night. He had two points, eight assists. Uh, didn't play a lot in crunch time. How concerned are we about his performance, Quinn? I'm pretty concerned, to be honest, uh, with D'Angelo Russell in playoff. Honestly, he's not a great playoff performer. Uh, he took the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs in that 2018-2019 season. He struggled mightily, though. He shot 35.9% from the field. Wow. He shot 32.4% from three. And then last year with Minnesota, he shot 33% from the field. Uh, so that's, all, that's quite concerning. He did hit the three ball at 38%. But that from the field goal, from just overall, it's quite concerning, to be honest with you. So we might need Schroeder to step up in most games if D'Lo can't pick it up. Um, on it, um, but I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. It's interesting, too. He's known for the ice in his veins, right? But maybe not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. He seems to not have it in the playoffs. And honestly, I don't really know why. Memphis is not the right team either because they're gritty. They're tough. And if he wants to step it up, he has to in this series, and he has to show that he can perform in the playoffs. Um, Memphis is not the team that you want to mess around with. And then, Gerardo, how proud are you of the Lakers for making the playoffs? You had some doubts early on. I did. And yeah, I he actually, did. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud. I was just going um, – LeBron had 30 for 10, but I think um, AD's numbers are pretty impressive if you, if you think about it. Uh, he went from 24 points, 15 uh, rebounds, mm -hmm. and then he, in addition to that, he had three blocks. Yes. Those are very impressive numbers. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. So now that they're uh, in the playoffs, I, can I take what I said back uh, last time? <laughs> You're more than welcome to. I, I will welcome it. However, uh, that is not usually the case for people in the media, but it's all you. Go If you think you take it back, take it back. Yeah, I'm going to take it back. I think they're going to get past to the second round. Okay. But that's as far as they're going <laughs> to And I'm then when they win the point. first round, you're going to push them to the third? They have to impress me. If <laughs> yeah. AD can pull off these numbers during the first round, then I would, I would be like, yeah, you know, um, right. third round maybe. Yeah. And if they can, again, if they can play, if AD and LeBron James can play putting up numbers like these every day during the playoffs, then I will take back. I will eat sushi and I have a seafood allergy. Wow, that's a, that's a bold, hot to hot take. <laughs> He's putting his life on the line for a bet. What were you going to say, Quinn? Go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I mean, I think he's right. He's, I think he's actually right there for once on a Thank basketball you, take. That, um, <laughs> LeBron and AD do have to step up big time, but also, I mean, it can't only be them because they can only do so much. You know, if one of them's not playing, matter of fact, if both of them are not playing, then the whole team has to step up. So I think this team's good enough to, to win even without LeBron and AD uh, having great games. They've proved it in the regular season. Let's see if we could do it in the postseason. I think we can beat Memphis if we play if we but, come to every game with our A game. But to touch on what he just said, like the regular season play is like a warm-up for playoff play. So like everything that they've done during regular season means nothing. Right? If you think about it. Because well, they're starting no, not, fresh. Not necessarily because I the Lakers no one's really said this, and I find this interesting. I just thought of it right now. Those final games, the Lakers basically had to play like they were in the playoffs. Like these were already. It's true. They, had, yeah, they were fighting for their lives. They were fighting for their playoff lives. So they had to play like, you know, they were already in the playoffs, even though they weren't. So, you know. Do you take into consideration who they were playing, though, in those final games? Yeah. I mean, the, the Utah, that Utah. Utah both twice. Games, both games against Utah and then Phoenix without yeah, those their right. four-star players. Quite concerning, but I mean, I think all NBA teams are great. I mean, they're those play those players are there for a reason in the NBA, and they were just playing with energy. And the Lakers sure as hell did not look like they came came out with energy in those three final games. They were they were close for a reason. The Lakers just saying come out with the energy, and uh, the other team did. And I think that's also a big key for the Lakers is they have to come out with energy and effort on the defensive end. And that's uh, kind of leading into what you alluded to earlier is that their opponent now is the Memphis Grizzlies. A very tough team, John Moran, Jaron Jackson, firing all cylinders. Uh, the Matthew Dillon Brooks, who can help here and there, but more of a talker than actual helping them basketball-related-wise. Quinn, who's the, what's the most important matchup in the series when they start on Sunday? It's either going to be um, how AD goes up against uh, Jaron Jackson. Uh, Jaron Jackson has had 15 fouls in three games against the Lakers, so... In their three matchups, he's had five fouls each game, so he's almost fouled out. Right. So AD's going to have to be able to uh, be able to get Jaron Jackson in foul trouble, but also it's going to be how they slow down John Morant because in the I think the two games he's scored a lot of points, especially in that second matchup, that middle one before he got suspended or took a leave of absence. He dominated the Lakers, he dominated them. So it's gonna it's gonna be up to D'Lo. It's gonna be up to uh, Dennis how we're able to slow him down. And I think 
not worried about Dylan Brooks at all. He <laughs> he's just yeah, like you say, he's just a trash talker. He doesn't really do anything. But yeah, it's and slowing down Bez, Desmond Bain. Right. That's that's gonna be another key. We'll start. Who we got on the table? We're gonna make our predictions. That's what we do on this show. We'll start with Pedro. Who do you got? Lakers or Grizzlies? I think the Grizzlies are gonna go through because the Lakers honestly in my opinion they just been lucky you know it's been a roller coaster the whole season good performances and then bad performances and then them fighting at the end of the regular season to try to get in playoffs that's something that I mean true Laker fans don't are, are not used to you know mm-hmm. they're used to Lakers just jumping in the playoffs like nothing you know so it's pretty I think the Grizzlies are gonna take this one that's my opinion but I don't know what do you guys think? Gerardo, uh, like you kind of said, but do you want to make it official who you're picking? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Lakers. Uh, I, and I'm going to be bold. Lakers sweep. Ooh. That is that a crazy bold. take. I wouldn't even say that. No, that's not going to happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers went down 2-0 heading back to L.A., uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got one in Memphis, whether it's game one or game two. Uh, I think the Lakers either take it in six or seven, but a uh, sweep is not happening. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are too good of a team. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go Lakers in six. I think. I think the uh, Grizzlies take game one. Lakers take game two, and then we roll from there. Because yeah, you know LeBron, game one's always a fill out game. It's always a fill out game. He's got to know. They got 20 years of history to to bank it off of, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. That's our takes. We'll see. Pedro might be the only one who gets it right. We'll see. We'll have to find out. You're gonna have to remember this, Pedro. Yeah, exactly. For sure, for sure. He's just a Laker hater. <laughs> ah. Um, next up, too, before we uh, move on topics, I do want to touch on the team in LA because I know we might have some Clipper fans, unfortunately, out there. And um, no, I'm just playing. Uh, Clippers play Suns and Phoenix on Sunday as well. Um, who do we like to win the series, Quinn? Give me the Phoenix Suns. I, I do not like either team. It's a win-win situation for, as a Laker fan. <laughs> yeah, whoever loses, I'd mu- much rather see the Clippers lose, though. Yes. Um, so their fans can stop talking, and uh, <laughs> most importantly, Russell Westbrook can be eliminated, and all those Russ fans can stop talking about how he made the Clippers better. And that uh, oh, it was LeBron, AD, it was all other things, and that he wasn't making the Lakers a worse team. He was. That's why this team wasn't as good as they were. But I, I do think the Suns take it in five or six. Gerardo, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with the Suns, seven games, and that's to generate money for the Staples Center when they're <laughs> all <laughs> games. Yeah, there we go. The concession sales. Pedro? Well, the Clippers are a. Uh, reason growing team they're growing very fast and i think uh them passing to the next round which i think that's going to happen is a big step for them and their in their future you know so i think the clippers are going to go through and i don't know in what way they're going to do it i don't know if they're going to win a bunch of games or they're just going to win the necessary but i think the clippers are going to take this one Pedro's going against the green from both. Yeah, he's I'm trying to be different. He he he, he knows he knows Clip he knows the Clippers are yeah, yeah, at least he's trying to be different. At least he's being different, but he's not sounding dumb like Kendrick Perkins. So at least he's, <laughs> he sounds like he educated at least, which is good. Because I'm taking the Suns, and I think it's Suns in seven. I do agree with. It's with not you guys. going to seven. Come on, let's be serious. Kawhi, playoff Kawhi is built different, but it's not just Kawhi. That's the problem. They don't have Paul George. They don't have Paul George. They only come on Westbrook. He, the last three years, he has not performed in the postseason. He has been bad. He in never the really has. Yeah, in general, Kawhi can. It's different. Phoenix is a good team. You saw how their bench played against the Clippers starters and the Lakers starters. Right. Like, if they could keep that same energy, the Clipper, the 
the Suns win in five or six. Like Westbrook's getting locked up. He's not going to do anything. Trust me. Uh, the the Clippers have no shot in this series. And last thing before we move on, uh, we do need to touch on one interesting fun fact, especially as we're in Fullerton, California. Um, all four California NBA teams made the playoffs. The Sacramento Kings, first time since 06. And the Clippers, Lakers have been a little bit for them as well, and the reigning champs, the Warriors. We're going to go around the table just kind of quickly, guys. Which team from California goes the furthest? We'll start with Quinn. Uh, my heart wants to say the Lakers, but um, I think truly the probably the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, that just depends if the Clippers or Lakers can get out of the first round. But I do think the Warriors easily beat the Kings. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be the Warriors. I think the Warriors. Uh, I mean, you just can't you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Uh, it's hard to beat them in the in the postseason. So I think the Warriors make it uh, farthest out of California teams. Pedro. Biggest California team in the past 10 years, in my opinion. The Warriors are going to definitely go farther. That's my opinion, but, you know. I feel like this is something that we're all going to have to agree on. Um, I, I <laughs> He's giving me that pouty uh, lip, but I'm going to agree with Pedro. I'm going to agree with uh, agree with Quinn. The Golden State Warriors, they're clutch, man, in the playoffs. They're clutch. They don't want to lose. They know they tasted the feeling of victory, of championship wins. And they have a lot to lose. They're the defending champions. When it comes to this playoff game, the the Warriors don't play. So mm-hmm. we got three around the Hornet podcast uh, members agreeing with the Warriors. But you're not getting four because the Lakers are going to go the furthest. You think? You think I think believe so? in the Lakers because if they face the Warriors in the second round, the Lakers are the better matchup. They have they true. have they have that nobody to guard Anthony. So. They yeah. have no one to guard Looney, Anthony Davis or not, LeBron. Yeah, Looney cannot guard AD. That's just not happening. Draymond, Draymond you cannot. They, can improvise or adapt? they don't have the. They have the only. They have only one guy over six eleven in the team. Six ten. Mm-hmm. About double team him. Then you're gonna leave Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Shooter, all these shooters open. Austin Reeves. Yep. And they're Austin they're Reeves. shooters. Well, man, they're good. They're, they're serviceable. Yeah. Brothers shooters. No, they're not. Okay. But it'd be a it'd be a dog fight, but I would take the Lakers. I I'm taking the Lakers personally. I'll take I'll put my head on that one. Fair enough. So um let's move on, guys. We'll we'll uh, we'll see how the playoffs continue to play out. Moving on. Uh the UFC two eighty seven just took place. Yeah. The card where the hometown kid and Jorge Masvidal lost his fourth straight fight, unfortunately, and retired in the octagon when it was over. Um I'll start with Gerardo because he is our resident combat fighting specialist. Uh, what is Masvidal's legacy in the UFC? I'm sorry, uh, Jorge. I'm very sorry, but in the UFC, his legacy is gonna be that flying knee mm. against. Um, gosh, I forgot his name. The, the Ben Askren. Ben Askren, yeah, <laughs> the guy that looks like a wrestling high school coach, mm. and it sucks because Jorge Masvidal was a is a legend is a legend hmm. and then miami is a legend underground legend he fought in backyards with kimbo slice i don't know if people know who kimbo slice oh, yeah. is um he he i can't remember the i think it was uh bellator uh mm. before the ufc he he was known there as the guy that got choked out by uh imada mm. it was like a weird standing um inverted triangle and he he was put to sleep He came over to the UFC, and his first two fights in the UFC were a success. Knocked out Ben Askren. Oh, and I think he's known for, like, the fastest KO, too, Mm. right? And then he fought an ex-welterweight champion, a ruthless Robbie Lawler. And then after that, it kind of went downhill. Mm. He lost to Usman. Mm -hmm. It was a horrible knockout. 
Um, he lost twice to oh, Usman. Oh, yeah, actually, I'm he sorry. Lost I'm twice. I'm for, yeah, he did. Lost twice. But he fought Nate Diaz too, right? Yeah, he beat, BMF, me, he beat the BMF belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And he, he beat him uh, with a doctor stoppage. Yep. If I believe that was right. Yeah. Um, he's known. Nate, Nick, Nick and Nate Diaz are known for like that extra cartilage around their eye. Which um, affects the vision and it, yeah. uh, just explodes. They're known for just like not being. They don't go down very easily. Oh no, they're rugged. Yeah, they're rugged. Jorge Masvidal is rugged too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking, your question was his legacy. Yeah, he's he, he's a legend, mm-hmm. absolutely. In the UFC, unfortunately, I think that was his claim to fame. The seven second. So he's out. a so he's more of a legend just in combat sports as opposed to like specifically the UFC. He finished three and six, by the way, in his last nine fights. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not, not a good, good run. finish. Yeah, it's yeah, not a good run. I'm sorry. And he fought twice for the belt. He lost twice. Mm. Yeah. He won the BMF, which is not really a real like, belt. <laughs> yeah, a real belt. I mean, between the knockout of Ben Askren and The Rock putting the belt around his waist, I think that was it. This is my biggest memory. Yeah. And then um, the second fight on the card, which is where I really want to get into, um, especially with you, Gerardo. Yeah. Um, how much shock were you in when Israel uh, Adesanya took the reigning champ, Alex Padilla, to the VIP room at Club Mimi's? <laughs> I wasn't shocked. Hmm. I, I, I love um, Stylebender's confidence. I love that he loves to talk that you mm-hmm. know, smack. And he's really good at it. And, and it proves that he's very confident. They've, I know they've had uh, kickboxing matches in the past where uh, Pereira has actually won. And I think they're one and one right now mm. when it comes to MMA. So they ran it back this time. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, the night for Pereira, right? Right. The best fighter won? Absolutely. I've seen, I like to follow these like MMA podcasts and, mm-hmm. and when they analyze, and they had Henry Cejudo analyzing what affected um, Pereira's guard. And I, I, I see that. I see that. So he throws his right hand, Stylebender throws his right hand, and he clips him on the side of the head, which makes him drop his guard. Mm. Opens it up and clips him again and knocks him out. Yeah. So, no, yeah, absolutely. And then he's, of course, notoriously uh, what's been going viral is the celebration after. I want to push this to Quinn because I know he saw some of it. Um, were Stylebender's taunts over Perea's dead body, pretty much what it was, uh, too much or exactly what you paid to see? Exactly what you paid to see. I mean, that was awesome. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I mean, he's petty. I like that. I'm petty, too. Like, I'm a petty person. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's just... He didn't. He didn't forget. I mean, and he he, he said his son. Um, he he. Well, he came out yesterday and was like, "Oh, I didn't really appreciate that. Yeah. Like, you're holding on to that. Well, your son shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Why are you Why are you allowing him to do that? You didn't even issue an apology for him, like to Stylebender. <laughs> you know. So it's like it's it's. It was like, mild. It was mild. Yeah. You you okay with it too? Yeah. Yeah. Did we forget Khabib? Yeah. Oh. Khabib jumped the fence after the fight and fought somebody else. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, ba- I basically, isn't the kid grown now? Like, yeah, he was no, like, he's, he's, he's still little, but he's yeah. not like, he's not like but a he's, baby. He's, he's much older than he was yes. in that video. Three so years, I think, passed. Whatever. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, he got his, he got his look back. Yeah. He got his look back. That's all I got to say. It's good for the sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I thought it was a really entertaining uh, weekend in UFC. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to lean a little bit more on Pedro here in the soccer section here. We have two tournaments recovering this week. Uh, Manchester City took a strong aggregate lead over the newly managed Bayern Munich, which we mentioned in another episode of the podcast. Uh, they won 3-0 to zero on Tuesday afternoon. Now they will still have to play in Germany, but Pedro, how impressed were you of City 
and specifically Holland's play the last couple of months? Well, it surprised me. I thought it was going to be a very close game. You know, Bayern and Man City, in my opinion, are the most strongly structured teams in Europe right now. But, I mean, I know Manchester City were favorites to win because they were playing at home. Uh, Manchester at the Etihad, but 3-0? Man, that is crazy. I know they signed uh, Thomas Tuchel as their new manager, Bayern, uh, because they thought their treble, the three trophies that they could win this season, were in a little bit of trouble with Nagelsmann, but they already were eliminated from the German Cup mm. uh, with Tuchel. And now they're one feet out of the Champions League. Rodri's goal on the game, like, it came out of nowhere. It just controlled Bayern Munich. And then you saw um, Bernardo Silva goal the header. And then, obviously, Erling Haaland could not go uh, away without his goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that man is crazy. <laughs> I still remember at the beginning of the season, people were saying, oh, Haaland is not going to fit in with Manchester City. Uh, their playing style is different. He goes um, with another different playing style. But he has, fun fact, he has more goals this season than the whole Chelsea squad. That is crazy. By himself. He's <laughs> top scorer of the Champions League. He's top scorer of the Premier League. He's top scorer in all leagues in the world wow. right now. So he's crazy, honestly. And with them, probably Man City, maybe will have their lucky year. Maybe they'll win their first Champions League. But we'll still got to see. I mean... Still a long way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm a Manchester City fan, and Pedro doesn't like that. <laughs> I did jump on board before they were any good in my in my defense, and I I only picked them because I didn't know much about the sport. Damn, Holland's so fun to watch, bro. He's so good. He's I mean he's really good at scoring. You yes. know, well, he's yeah, not yeah. A, he's not a playmaker. You won't right. see That's him doing the, the stuff. Job on that team. You won't see him doing the, the, the things that Messi does or that Beanie from Real Madrid does or Mbappe, but he's always there on the Bucks, ready to just push it in. Mm-hmm. And he does it really well. Last game from the Champions League, five goals. Yeah, that is game. crazy. And, and you know, he's a machine. You know, he's yeah. tall, he's strong. Uh, he has a strong hit with his right foot, you know. So it's he's, he's just, a, for me, is the best number nine when it comes to just scoring mm. in the world right now. Wow. High praise from Pedro. And Pedro's not a fan of the Manchester City. I'm just team. trying to be objective, you <laughs> yeah. know. And I also need to note as well, because there was a couple of games Tuesday and Wednesday, Inter defeated Benfica 2-0. Is that impressive? That is impressive to me. Uh, Benfica, they have Gonzalo Ramos. He scored a hat-trick on the World Cup with Portugal against Switzerland. He's a really good player, and he's been playing really good. They also have David Neres uh, from Brazil, really good player. And I thought Benfica was going to take Inter, but, I mean, Romeo Lukaku, he's playing really good after his return from Chelsea. Uh, he's lifting the, the ship, and he's scored that goal for Inter, and, and he has them there in the Champions League fighting and dreaming about a semifinal, which hasn't come in a long time ago. You know, crazy thing, Italian soccer is growing back, you know. Mm. Past years, we only had Juventus on the Champions League fighting, 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 and then the other teams were just, uh, you know, lost on the group stage. But now it's Juventus, which is, you know, out in the group stage, and then Inter, Napoli, and and AC Milan who were fighting. So, I mean, that Inter uh, versus Benfica score really impressed me. And continuing on with that a little bit, um, that teams you just touched on played on Wednesday – uh, two teams from Italy faced off in Milan and 
uh, Napoli and Milan upset the hot Napoli 1-0, um, which you mentioned was impressive. But I do want to leave a little time for you to discuss uh, your beloved Real Madrid defeating Chelsea 2-0 in a bout of iconic clubs. Um, how did you feel about today's performance? That was going to happen, obviously. Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea is a team for this season. They've been playing horrible. They mm. changed own. They changed owner. You know, mm. Todd Bowley, uh, the, he has some ties with Dodger, with the Dodgers from uh, Los Angeles. I don't know what kind of ties he has, but he, he bought the, the Chelsea team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's been doing pretty good decisions. I think the worst decision that he made was to sack Thomas Tuchel and, and then bring uh, Graham Potter. I think that brought a lot of instability to the team. And then they just started signing players like Lacey. They they started playing PSG strategy, just mm-hmm. sign names and names. They signed... Uh, Joao Felix, they signed Mikaelo Modric, they signed a World Cup winner, um, Enzo Fernandez. So, I mean, they're truly right. They're truly trying hard with money to lift the ship, but it's not working. Mm. And we saw it on the game against Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid that might not be doing good in La Liga, but Champions League is their favorite competition. It's the competitions where doesn't matter if Real Madrid is on relegation in La Liga, they'll always be, be fighting for winning the Champions League. And you know, Benzema, great goal scorer. He scored his goal. He's right now tied with Haaland after, uh, with uh, most goal scores after the World Cup. Mm. Two players that did not play in the World Cup are right. the top scorer uh, after the World Cup. And um, Vinny Jr., oh, my God. He's crazy. He dribbles past players. He he runs so fast. He does great assists. He scores. I mean, for me, he's one of the top players in the world right now, and he's a big factor that Real Madrid is succeeding on the Champions League. He's a future Ballon d'Or winner. Wow. I'm very impressed with his knowledge and talking. Oh, absolutely. That's why we That's why we have him here. This is why we, he brings to the table. Tip my hat to you, sir. Moving on to the other league, um, the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, just to update on where that's at, LAFC made quick work of Vancouver Whitecaps and Lyon of Liga uh, Mexico won on aggregate versus Violet on Wednesday. The Philadelphia Union take their uh, 1-0 aggregate lead down to Atlas and Guadalajara. And on Thursday, Tigres will take their 1-0 aggregate lead back home to face off against a desperate Montagua team in the second leg of their matchup. Pedro, who do you got winning uh, in those next two games that are being played Wednesday night? And then who do you have winning the whole damn thing? Well, LAFC, it's a new team, but they got some names. They got Carlos Vela, you know. Uh... They got Cellini. I don't know if Cellini is playing right now. I haven't been following them uh, for the past uh, probably months ago. But um, they're current champions of the MLS, and I think they're going to pass over Vancouver. Uh, It's going to be a pretty easy game for them, uh, in my opinion. Now, uh, moving on to the next game, Violet, impressive ITN team. They're doing history, you know. They advanced. They're here right now. And they're fighting to get to the semifinal, the semifinals, but unfortunately, they're already down against Leon, which I think is a team that's gonna pass because you know Mexican teams are always fighting to win, and and then they're literally just won every uh, Conca Champions League, almost all the Conca Champions League, until last season where uh, Seattle Saunders won it, the first U.S. team to win it. But I think they're gonna go through. Tigres. Mm. Mm. I mean, mm. you're not a fan. <sighs> I'm an America fan. Well, I, know, I am yeah, an America but, fan. Yeah, but, but who do you? Is that team you don't like? I mean, Tigres. Tigres and play. America. They both play in the 
Right. Same state, right? Yeah, they play. Uh, they they play on the same city. I yeah. mean, but I'm. Same stadium. And then Motagua is from Honduras. Uh, I'm Salvadorian, so Honduras is kind of like my brother country. You know uh, what I'm trying okay, to say? So I mean, I would like Motagua to go through, but honestly, though, <sighs> I don't think Motagua is gonna make it past it's Tigres. At, it's at Tigres too. Yeah, and then Tigres has uh the two. They had the advantage, and they have two. They have two world champions from France, 2018, Guignac, and I don't know the other name. So, I mean, they're going to go through, and that's what I think that's going to happen. I'm sorry for my Honduras friends, and <laughs> but uh, simply Motawa, I don't think they have a chance. But Who takes the, the whole thing? thing, it's time to acknowledge that the MLS is growing very, very fast. Mm. And I think, I'm sorry for my Mexican brothers, but they're not going to take the trophy uh, this this year either I think LAFC mm. is gonna win their first I like the sound uh, of that. Conca champions and they're gonna win the second one for uh, the US it's simply what's what's going on right now US soccer is growing too much you know good thank you Pedro uh, thank you for filling us in on the on the soccer world right now and then lastly folks we're gonna move into our debate topic like we said it was a little heavy before we get into the discussion with the guys I wanted to make a statement here on our podcast this week at the Hornet, Pedro, Quinn, and I, myself did a deep dive and investigated potential Title IX violations here against the Fullerton College softball. You can read the entire story at fchornetmedia.com and find the story under recent stories or the sports sections. The headline is Hornet Softball Feels Potential Title IX Issues Arising. It has been an interesting journey getting to the bottom of the story. I can speak for myself when I say I find myself doing some real soul searching, especially thinking about how I have a daughter and another baby girl on the way. What world do I want them living in? How can I make change happen so they can reap the benefits? As a high school boys basketball coach for nine seasons so far, how have I been so blind to things of this nature? I'm beyond embarrassed. And then to hear these softball athletes are changing in the streets because there's no locker room or not being able to handle their monthly business in a restroom because there isn't one remotely close to the facilities. I was sickened and very angry. I promise you I'm not the one to threaten or be told to stay quiet. I will not be silent. You can count on that. So help me God. What may be common knowledge to some but uh, was new to me as I did my research is that Title IX does not strictly apply to women's sports or even to just women at all. The definition is very wordy according to the U.S. Department of Education. So I will shorten it up but hopefully not oversimplify it. Basically, Title IX is that in any school or professional program there must be equal opportunities available for anyone and everyone. They then specify that things should be equal, like equivalent locker rooms, games to play, and facilities to name a few. I'll take off the mic and uh, let these guys take over here. Pedro, as the lead reporter on our story, what was something you learned that was most shocking to you in all of your interviews? Well, what honestly caught my attention is that usually you will see the teams that are getting the more best performances, the more wins, the more trophies, uh, the most attentions, you know, get the more money, get the more founding because people want to see them because people's paying for that. But in this case, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's, it's so unfair. You see this softball team uh, here at Fullerton College succeeding, getting those wins, uh, being great, you know, in, in all aspects. And then I'm not going to talk about the baseball team, but the softball team really deserves better. In my opinion, I think that uh, what's happening right now, it's pretty unfair 
you know and that's my take on on title nine for this story and and it really impressed me all the circumstances that these players have to go through um all the things that happen when it comes to game playing and everything so um it's it's pretty crazy honestly and then quinn uh what emotions did you feel when you heard some of the horror stories coming from the current players of florida college and this is the team you cover for the horn and other basketballs over so i know it hits you at home a little more yeah definitely definitely hits the heart uh, it definitely hits hard i'm not a part of the team you know so i don't know what they go through on a day-to-day basis you know with these conditions but you know it definitely I, it threw me off you know when i was interviewing the three pitchers and they told the i didn't even know that they changed you know like on the field or um in by their cars you know after the game that's what threw me off and i was really i mean you know how else can you react to that but he's like shocked like you know um i think that's completely wrong and definitely makes them very uncomfortable and um it's it just you know something needs to be changed they're a great team they're 19 and 7 this year i've watched them plenty of times they're an awesome team and they definitely deserve some funding to go to them but i would like to say big respect for these players because although they have to go through all the situations they're still pulling the good performances and those time having a good yeah, season. Yeah, they're still playing great, you know. Um, that is very admirable. It would be very easy to just to, to fold it up and just take, like, woe is me, I'm just not going to perform. And mm-hmm. they're, they're performing. They're playing great. Yeah, and I think that, that uh, the coaches play a large part in that. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. awesome. Coach Speedy, Coach Crystal, you know, the whole coaching staff, the, they're very welcoming and they're just awesome people. So, you know, they do a great job of, you know, coaching the team and, you know, always keeping them motivated no matter what i want to toss it to gerardo for our last question on this topic and this is what's probably the length of the discussion um and everyone's gonna get an opinion a time to share their opinion i know this story we're talking about guys is bleak but overall i want to talk about like in the in the u.s specifically um are we trending in the right direction and bringing equality to women's sports gerardo no it's been 50 years can I just to touch on what he was saying, touch on what he was saying, yeah. and then to and then, answer yeah. your question? I've seen, and it never really hit me until the Hornet. You guys, great story by the way, covered this. But I go to watch their games. I, I shoot, I photograph their games, and I'm there with you guys when you're reporting, right? As the editor in chief, I don't have to be there, but I love social sports a lot, and I want to be a part of it. And then when I'm going to my car, I see them changing. I always saw them changing on the side of the road. And I never put anything, like, it never hit me. And then I realized Title Title IX has been out for 50 years, and we don't even know anything about it. So to answer your question, and I always took, took that as like, hey, they're, you know, high school kids or, like, little league kids. I played little league baseball in Lenox, California. We used to do, do stuff like that, too, you know, changing your car or whatever. But these are grown women. These are adults, you know? And they have to do that unsafe practices and stuff like that. Now, to answer your question, it's been 50 years, my <laughs> dude, 50 years, and nothing has changed. Some can probably, the debate is out there, like, we're, we're devolving, right? right? They're changing on the side of their car. They don't have do a restroom. You, they don't have a restroom. Where you know, when, I, when I was there, my part in this story that the Hornet wrote was for ph- photography. The biggest thing that I saw was... <laughs> as far as and that, that I can remember right now that caught my attention was the shed and all the dirt and like unkept how the facilities yeah, are maintained the facilities unkept right mm-hmm. the water fountain but it's bigger than that it's bigger than that it's more that 
beats the eye, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are spreading awareness because again, we're not going, we're not treading in the right direction. We're actually devolving, you know? We're forgetting that these problems exist and we're masking it with more makeup. I mean, you know, you put makeup on a pig, it's still a pig, mm-hmm. right? right? So no, we're, we're not treading in the right direction. Pedro, you did a, really the legwork on getting the interviews and getting the access. What is your take on the way Title IX is working or not working in evolving women's sports? Well, we have to remember that ultimately sport is a marketing, you know? I'm gonna go a little bit broader on this. Uh, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna talk about like a more broader uh, picture. People pay to watch sports, you know? There's an effort being made to get equality. As you saw on the US national soccer team, they're getting the same salaries for women and men. But there's things that sadly we cannot control. People want to watch if we put soccer for example they want to watch more men's soccer than women's soccer they're paying more money they're filling the stadiums they're paying the memberships to watch the games on internet uh unlike women's sports they they still do but it's not in the greater quantity so there's those little things that although all the effort that we can make probably we're not going to be able to control you know uh it's unfair obviously it's not good but there has to be work done you know there has to be uh more promotion made more offering glad you touched on that but yeah this is also like the top is like quality of the teams you look at the men's usa soccer team i mean they're not the greatest compared to you know all the other countries but you look at the women's they're the best they're They're the best in the world yeah yes they're won the last world cup i mean they're the they're the best team in in the world their salary doesn't reflect that right well, no, because it's based off of, like Pedro said, it's based yeah. off of the money that's being generated for that sport. That's, that's the toughest That's the toughest part of it, you know? But I'm glad you touched on promotion, because that's what I'm sitting here thinking, listening to you talk. I'm thinking, like, it's on us to help promote and get them that money. Because if the money is equal, then they should be being paid equal. It's hard to, like, sell the side of it that they're not making enough money. I know big companies, they they could help on this like mm-hmm. nike or adidas or any sports company with sponsorships with uh, with ads all that little stuff you know so the players can see uh, the, the, the people can see the players faces mm-hmm. their names it's they can learn about them and they they are like oh my god that player exists i want to watch her play and that's how you get more people right. to watch it you know so they do it for the men why can't we do it for the women Yep, and I think when you when you look on social media, you'll see a lot of hate comments. You know, when ESPN twenty twenty three. Yep, I mean this has been going on for a while yeah. now. To touch on the uh, um, the NC, the women the women's NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, they've been posting about a lot about Angel Reese. I think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. I really do think she's awesome. This but is the basketball basketball yeah, player. But did. when you look at the comments, you know it's pretty it's pretty concerning and ruthless. Yeah, <laughs> and it hasn't showed any signs of changing and i i just don't understand i don't understand do you guys ever realize like espn and such talk about you know yukon national champions dominant run when we talk about when they talk about excuse me, when they talk about the women's national championship what's the first thing that comes up angel reese and her taunt right yeah they don't even yeah. discuss the game yeah. where they, they beat even... the breaks off of iowa yeah and they they shot the ball exceptionally well yeah that game was fifteen thousand times better than the national the men's national championship but no one talks about the game it's on us and the media that's not 
financially at stake here. Like we're not, we don't, we don't make any money. So if we we're, yeah. we're not losing money, so we should bring light to these other sports. I mean, the Women's World Cup's coming up. I'm sure we're going to touch on that. There's women's MMA too, by the way. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I love watching. I mean, the women are awesome, first of all. The women's MMA division in the UFC has grown. It's tremendously. Tremendously. I mean, all glory goes to, like, Ronda Rousey. For opening that. Yeah, she brought cyborg. it mainstream, right? But mm-hmm. even then, her whole beef with uh, Misha Cupcake or Takedown, whatever <laughs> you want to call her, call her. Liz, uh, Liz Carmouche, um, I mean Holly Holm, the the whole the whole roster in women's sports is amazing, but they don't get paid enough. One of the only industries where women make more than men is modeling. That's it, modeling. Hmm. And a lot of people degrade models too, and that's another thing. Like that is literally probably one of the only places where women make more than men right and that's kind of sad because there's a lot of things in this world that women can do better than men at or even at least be equal mm-hmm. and where they're not getting the recognition for it not. it's just a tough issue to talk about and like we said on um you know i was having a conversation with some people from our crtv department here at fullerton college and it's something that's hard to talk about but we have to do it like um mark Mark Pavlicek from CRTV said, we have to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like, it's fine to be uncomfortable. We have to have those conversations. Yeah. And, like, this school, for example, I mean, not to get too hot takey, but if their administrator keeps running from conversation, they're afraid to have that conversation. Right? Yeah. We need people that want to talk and want to talk this out and make it right. Not accuse, not threaten, not do whatever they can to get you to be quiet talk let's talk man we're, we're humans man yeah. like let's just have a conversation what can we what can we do to make this better you know i don't think that's, that's a hard ask but apparently in our in quinn pedro my research it has been it's been hard to a, just to ask and answer a question pretty hard, pretty hard. people <laughs> hide people run away from this topic but they gotta do it you know they can they can say all they want about how they're making you know they're gonna they're making progress towards it they haven't shown it. Coach Speedy told us 25 years or, or so, 20 plus years, been like this, former players, former mm-hmm. coaches, yeah. things like that. Nothing's been done. It's so why 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 does a team that in the relatively the same sport, baseball, softball, all the same thing, why is a team that's 19 and 7, second in league, compared to a team that's 500 and 4 and 9 in league? Why don't they have this, like, at least, you know, the <laughs> same facilities. equal facilities? Oh, man, you know, why? My man went there, and I, uh, we're, I mean, we're already, we're in it, guys. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, I just wanted to point that <laughs> so out, you're, you know? like, we got to be honest here, right? We're trying to have a conversation, and no one wants to talk. So, yeah. we'll talk. We're talking here. Yeah. And and not, no disrespect to the Hornets. Coach, yeah, Coach um, Baum and yeah, everybody Coach over there. Baum, we love, yeah, I love them. no disrespect it's at all. It's not nothing at them. It's just yeah. you have to compare it to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a good job there as well. They're entertaining as well. They mm-hmm. do. They they work hard as well. Yeah, no doubt. But the women's softball is getting the short end of the stick. And I promise you that's not the only women's sport that's probably getting the short end of the stick. They're just the one that was willing to talk to us. Yep, and they're willing to speak out about it yeah. too. Shout out to Coach Baum and uh, the men's ba- baseball team too, by the way. We're yeah. not throwing any shade at them at all. No, absolutely not. No, we no, we love them. We love covering yeah. them. Yeah, we love but, covering the game. But in this situation, we have to compare softball to something, and that's the closest thing there is. Mm-hmm. And a team that just got new facilities for, you know, 
recently last couple of years compared to a program that's still using a chain link fence that's uneven and using a, a bullpen full of weeds and uneven uneven to ground yeah yeah it's just like it's just not like like coach speedy said this is not screaming hey recruit come play here right. why there's a porta potty and trash all over the field why would why? i play here yeah, yeah. quarter century almost. Yeah. 24, 25 years. Yeah, so. It's been a while. It's been a while. I think they deserve it. It's their due. They deserve it. And anybody, any women's sports that are struggling with this deserves it too, by the way. Not just. Yeah. Because we, we're not being biased. No, we're not. We just want what's, we want what's right. And I, I also want to say, like, I'm very proud of Pedro, Quinn, and yourself for actually wanting to cover the story you know and putting your all your energy and effort into it because you guys did a great job the story came out well and it, it did well on socials yeah so congratulations you know you guys yeah it. it's not always about the socials or all no that. yeah it's about yeah. getting this story it's, it's, out it's good for yeah. the it's good for the hornet but that's, you, that's why that's, how that's your job yeah, that's yeah. How that I is why that. we're gonna keep winning the investigation and we're gonna keep following there will be this more story. Yeah. yeah so there stay will. tuned for that there will be more guys so um Thank you for having that conversation, fellas. I know it's not easy. I know we got a little off the rails, but I do appreciate you guys having the strength. And I know I get nervous talking about it um, just because I know it's such a touchy subject. But I'm glad to have you guys with me to talk about it and uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, got to talk about what needs to, you know, what needs to be heard. It's important. It's important, guys. So uh, that will about do it for this episode of the Around the Hornet podcast. Interact with the show by answering polls and DMing topics you'd like us to cover and share our hot takes on, of course. You can do all of this by following us on both Instagram and Twitter at FC Hornet. Around the Hornet will be taking a week-long hiatus as I will be partaking in a special segment on FC Hornet Media's YouTube series, News from the Hive, next week. Unfortunately, it falls during our normal recording time for this podcast. The News from the Hive segment will be a sit-down conversation with guards RJ Banks and Jeremiah Davis along with head coach Perry Webster of the CCCAA state champion basketball team here from Fullerton College. So be on the lookout in two weeks for the fellows to discuss how the Lakers are faring against the Grizzlies here on the Around the Hornet podcast. For Quinn, Pedro, and Gerardo, this has been your host, Jake Rose, and we are signing off. <laughs>